0: Amen, alright, so now we have come to an important part, so please uh, keep your heart open, keep your spiritual eyes open, ears open, so that we, we may hear from God. Let's put our hands together and welcome our senior pastor, Pastor Michael Kieber. Praise the Lord, God bless you all, it's fantastic to see everybody again, you look fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're going to have a prize for the best haircut. But it's a surprise. It looks as if that's going to go to me. Hallelujah. (laughs) Good morning. Yesterday I was with Pastor Stefan. We had a pastors meeting for Western European pastors. And I was with Pastor Stefan, the Romanian. Remember him? He was with LFC for a year or so. He, the same as John, he was admitted to hospital with COVID. He was unconscious. So all he remembers is they put oxygen masks on him. And that was it. He was gone for many, many, many hours. And he would come in and out of consciousness. And yesterday, you know, when someone's been through a near death experience, the testimony is just different. It's different. You can hear it, you can feel it. And Stefan, you know, there was a passion. There was a reality yesterday when he was sharing to the pastors, you know, I was nearly dead. I was right there, I was right at the moment. And he was just encouraging us. Number one, don't take COVID lightly. Don't play games or be hyper spiritual or whatever about this. Be responsible as well as have faith. Amen, hello. So be responsible as well as have faith. And he's had firsthand experience of the great dangers of playing games in that area. Really, I have to say, looking at him yesterday, he's a walking miracle. As are you, John. Praise the Lord. As are you, Brian. Praise the Lord. May God continue to keep you in good health and all our people in good health through this time. Juliet's asked me to remind you that salt and light today is from 4 to 4.30, pathfinders from 4.45 to 5.45 and youth from 6 to 7. Most of you will have heard of an organization called the Barna Institute. It's an organization that specializes in Christian statistics and they have an excellent reputation for accuracy. They seem to get it right again and again and again and again. They look over history and they see what's happened statistically, and then they project and they predict what's going to be happening next. When lockdown began, They had a pretty good outlook for how we were going to do, how the churches in the world were going to survive and how they were going to adapt. However, from February until September, all of their expectations were shattered because they realized that Christians were reluctant to adapt. They were reluctant to move from a physical prayer meeting to WhatsApp. They wouldn't do it, even a little thing like that they were reluctant to move to zoom they didn't want to learn a simple thing like learning zoom and because of these really unexpected reactions immature reactions from people barna in september revised their predictions and they have now predicted that one in five churches in the world will close in the next 18 months that's huge we need to keep pace with the technology guys can i hear an amen there in your houses i don't care if you don't like texting we need you to text i don't care if you don't want your face on a camera get used to it hello get used to it in a couple of weeks time sandra's going to do a seminar i think it's on a tuesday sorry i've forgotten the date you can find it in the whatsapp groups in that seminar we're going to look at facebook youtube whatsapp zoom and all these different methodologies for us to continue so that we don't become a statistic we don't become one of those that fall away pastor jeremy's advice in this time for me has been excellent absolutely priceless i was talking to him on friday about our situation here Mm -hmm. in a telephone call just about the, the, the the scenario we find ourselves in in london And I I will just momentarily reiterate what he's saying. As soon as we can meet physically, we will meet physically when we can do that sensibly and for the protection particularly of those more vulnerable amongst us. But after lockdown ends, we will continue with multiple forms of communication online. Why? Because we're not gonna get caught out like this again. That's why. It took several months, many months, for the churches in the world to get organized and we don't want to be in that position again. So we're gonna keep our online presence as well as regathering again. So please join Sandra and also in your own home time, develop whatever technological skills you can. And they are multiple. We're hopping around from platform to platform even this morning (laughs) in different churches. And it's a real, it's its quite a handful going from Google Hangouts to Zoom to all sorts of platforms, but that's just been necessary. So adapt or die. Adapt or die. I think that's the message from Barna for the churches in the future. And we as LFC, we're going to adapt. Amen. Father, again, we lift today's message to you. I thank you for the context, even that we find ourselves in, that the world can be more open to the gospel, and the word of the Lord than ever before. I pray you would switch us on in these days. And whatever skills we lack, whatever new skills we need to develop, we pray you would give us that ability, grant us God supernaturally. That the skills that we have will be easy, achieved and easily acquired. Bless Sandra and Ray and the others as they prepare to teach us in this area. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week's message, if you remember, was looking back historically at some of the big lessons historically the Bible teaches us. When we look back, people like Solomon was our example last week. This man lived a life of huge experience. And just before he dies, he wants to give you some words of wisdom. I think that's worth listening to. If the wisest man who ever lived is just about to die, And he says, this is my conclusion. This is my warning to you. I am crazy if I don't listen to that. And what was his conclusion? Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord and obey his commands. Because once that starts to slip, you're gonna find yourself on a slippery slope. Fantastic advice from Solomon. Let's continue this morning with that same concept. What was David's advice? King David, once again, a man with enormous experience. But David has a surprising insight, a surprising piece of counsel for us. You'll find it in Psalms 19. You don't need to turn there. I'll read it. It's only one line. But Psalm 19 and verse 13, David says this, Lord, keep us from presumptuous sins. What? (laughs) Keep us from sins of presumption protect david had learned something perhaps that we don't even see he had learned something through his life he had discovered something and as you study his life you will see this same warning don't presume don't presume we made a lot of presumptions in 2019 didn't we (laughs) and now we've got a surprise in 2020 don't presume now will you And as David looked back over his life, he realized that the times of defeat were the times that he was presuming that God was with him. The times that he was presuming that he was worthy. Presuming that he was the right person. These were the times that he saw defeat. But the times that he was in faith or walking right with God or he had heard with God, heard from God. These were the times of victory. I was thinking yesterday of two people and I was comparing their lives. Pastor Timothy's mother, Pam Seward, Rick Seward's sister. I had the honour of going to Kathmandu last year. I loved it, even though I became very sick. I loved it. I loved it. When Pam Seward was, I don't know, 20 years old, she went on a missions trip to Nepal from VFC. And this was her first experience of the Nepalese and the community in Kathmandu. And she returned to Singapore and she said this, God has called me to Nepal. God has called me. How many people do you hear say God has called them? God has called me to the Nepalese. I'm going to go to Kathmandu. I'm going to start a church. Now, was she presumptuous? Or was God with her? 40, 50 years later, there are thousands and thousands of people have been saved. There's an enormous church there. There's an orphanage there. Pastor Timothy and many, many others have been raised up in ministry. So the proof of the pudding is in the eating, right? So when you look back at her announcement, God has called me to Nepal and having been there and been in that church, I say she was not presumptuous. I say that she heard from God, that she acted in faith, that she was walking in faith. But I can think of a hundred other pastors who say God has called me to this or called me to that. And when you look at their lives, all you see is a series of confusion, a change in the plan every five minutes. So you gotta be careful who you listen to, who you follow, You've got to be careful of the examples around you. When you see this, do you know what? There's a difference between living a life of faith and living a life of presumption. A life of faith does not presume that God is automatically with me. It does not presume that God automatically forgives me. A life of faith obeys the written word of God. A life of faith obeys the prophetic word of God in submission to the leadership of the church. This is my conclusion if you want my, you know, tuppence hate me worth on church and Christian life. Obey God and obey the church. That's the road to victory in life. So the life of faith is very different from the life of presumption. Presumptuous living is when I take action or I step over boundaries that God has has really put there for my protection presumptuous living excuse me presumptuous living is when i become almost my own god i decide what i'm going to do and i say that god is with me but in my heart of hearts i actually know did you have a word well no i didn't have a word from the lord this is my idea this is the lesson from the life of david He rehearses it many times in many different books, in many different places, and he warns the people, don't be presumptuous now, will you? And he learned not just in battles and victory for Israel, but he learned this also in his relationships. And by the way, just as a little aside, a momentary comment, which is very interesting, in the Old Covenant, the new covenant. Jesus is the sacrifice in the new covenant. Amen. Through his blood, we get saved and all our sins are washed away. Did you know in the old covenant, there was various provisions for sin. So when you committed a sin, you went to the temple and you brought a chicken or a bull or a goat or whatever it might be. And that temporary system was was at work. But did you know in the old testament, Moses said, Bring your sacrifices for the sins you commit to the temple. However, Moses said in Numbers, the soul that sins presumptuously, for this person there will be no sacrifice. This person is to be put to death. Oh, goodness me. Does God really take me presuming that seriously? There was no forgiveness as such under the old covenant for people who presumed upon god i i took that as a very stark warning you know now in the new covenant praise the lord the blood of jesus takes away all our sins amen Amen. but i want to show you this morning how does this translate to the new testament where do i see this obviously big issue of me being presumptuous in my life where do i see this in the new testament and i'm going to read to you my, my my answer is everywhere You see it everywhere, but just to give you an example, my first point to you this morning, don't be presumptuous about how long you're going to live. And don't be presumptuous about the amount of money you're going to make next year, because you don't know how long you're going to live and you don't know how much money you're going to make and you don't know how much money you're going to lose. What's your birthday? Now, if I don't know that, I'm in trouble, don't I? I never remember birthdays. You see, God has told you your birthday, but he hasn't told you your death day. You don't know it, and this is the design of God. In case we get presumptuous now, in case we should get overly confident. So in Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, Jesus here, and in many other places, Jesus deals with great presumption. Watch out, he says, guard yourselves from every greed, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. And then he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced an abundance. So he thought to himself, what shall i do since i have nowhere to store my crops then he said this is what i will do i will tear down my barns and i will build bigger barns and then i will store up all my grain and my goods then i will say to myself you have plenty of good things laid up for many years take it easy eat drink and be merry but god said to him you fool this very night your life will be required then who will own all that you have accumulated. And this is how it will be for anyone who stores up treasure for himself but is not rich towards God. So my first warning to you is to be very careful about be- being, pres- this man was piling presumption upon presumption. I'm gonna build bigger, how do you know what you're gonna build? Next year I will do this. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 13, it says this. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city. Man, the travel plans I had for 2020. I was supposed to be in at least eight or nine countries this year. And I haven't been to any. I've been stuck. James chapter 4, verse thirteen. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city. We will spend time there and we're going to carry out business there. And we're going to make profit. You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are mist that appears and in a little while vanishes. So the first presumption of Jesus and that he points out to us. Don't be presumptuous about the length of your life. And do not dare to be presumptuous about your financial security because you do not know what profit or loss next year may hold. I lost my closest friend. I led him to the Lord. He was my first member in my church in Dublin. I played snooker with him every week. I baptized him. I absolutely loved Morgan. Morgan Hackett in Dublin. He was a rough, tough Irishman but a very good businessman, very, very successful indeed, very wealthy he became. And he had a plan, he had a plan. From the age of 14, he was going to work in the bakery, four o'clock in the morning. He used to go in very early as a child. And then the father died and he took the business, he inherited the business. And his plan was very simple. I'm going to build a business. I'm going to pay off my mortgage. And then when he, he had planned about 55 to 56, 57, he was able to have you know debt free and have lots of money coming in from the business. And then his two beautiful daughters, his plan was, I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna have enough money from the business and I'm gonna be able to spend time with my wife and the two girls I love. And I was with him one day in the church. I'll never forget it. He came and stood beside me and he said, I don't feel well. I don't feel well, Mike. And I just knew, I felt it in my spirit. This is, I could just feel the seriousness of God come over me. He, 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 he had cancer and uh, I, I, I saw him and sat with him through that entire time. And it was very hard for him, but I nursed him through anger. And you know what his anger was? His expectation but what about my plan? What about my dream? What about my... Presumption causes many pain. Presumption causes pains. So be careful, Morgan, be careful. Let it go. Let God be your captain. Let God be your guide. In France, 30 years ago, there was a young man called Francois Raffi. He was 47 years old. And he had a, an acquaintance, a very old woman. She was 90 years old. Her name was Jean Clement. She had a beautiful apartment in Paris. And Francois Raffi is 47 years old. Jean is 90 years old. And Francois is a smart businessman, some clever dealing about his future, and making plans. This is a true story. So he goes to her, And he says, I want to make an agreement with you. I love your apartment. Wow, look at this. I want this apartment. So I'm going to get a legal agreement drawn up. I'm going to give you $500 a month for the rest of your life. You don't have to leave the apartment. You can live in it as long as you live. You live in the apartment. But when you die, this apartment becomes mine. So Jean Clement, she thought, that sounds like a good deal. Where's the paper? Where do I sign? She did. She signed. And Francois Raffy, at 47 years old, he walked away thinking, what could possibly go wrong? (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? Well, what went wrong was Jean Clement is in the Guinness Book of Records for being the oldest woman on earth she lived another 30 years she died just after 120 years old and uh, francois raffi died one year before her he had presumed that because he was 40 years younger than her he presumed he was going to make a profit he presumed he was going to live longer and he did neither what a scary lesson. Amen? So no wonder Jesus first point to you and to me. Be very careful about being presumptuous about the length of your life and about the amount of money you will make. James says, rather a person should say this, if God is willing, DV, if God is willing, then tomorrow I will go to this city. If God is willing, then tomorrow I will do this. And I think the first point today, get into the habit of saying if God wills and not being presumptuous upon Him. Second point, how do we become presumptuous? By believing that I'm the best person for the job. I mean,. Of course I'm the best person for the job this is what happened David if you remember David was not considered for the post of king he was out in the fields looking after sheep and there is Jesse with all the sons and everybody believed that Eliab who was tall and handsome was walking in and strong a man of great presence and a man of great figure that's what it says and they presumed that he would be the obvious choice for Samuel to anoint as king but you know the story Samuel comes along no 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 where is the one where is that one and of course they against their will they call back David don't presume that you're the best person for any job any position any role any time In Romans 12, verse 3, it says this, For by the grace given to me, that's Paul, I say that every one of you do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith and the realm, the boundary. Don't presume to go over the boundaries within which God has placed you. Amen, this is John the Baptist, wonderful um, uh, attribute John the Baptist had. Remember, he was so famous, so popular before Jesus came on the scene. And then in John's gospel, they say, John, John, everybody's following Jesus now. Remember John's reaction? Let it be, let it be, I'm not better than him. He's the best man for the job now. So do not presume that you're the best person for anything. It is a blessed day for a human being when they cease becoming competitive in these issues. It is a blessed day. It is a day of peace and victory inside my God given parameters, the parameters in which I find safety and blessing. Oh, yes. Number three, I should not presume by presuming that I am able or called to fivefold ministry. Pastor, prophet, priest, you know, evangelist, teacher. I shouldn't presume that I'm automatically called to holy offices, our worship leader. I shouldn't presume that I am entitled to some position, some office, or some title. That is a dangerous attitude in my heart, and I shouldn't have it. Um the world has changed and now we need to prepare everybody to, I mean, Shobani is getting involved in Cambodia, Cambodia, on, on Facebook and she's now going to have to prepare maybe stuff she's never done before. She's going to have to learn to, to talk online, to talk on Facebook, to produce videos, to outreach to Cambodia. Amen. So I think it was Stephen and Simran a few weeks ago in our LIW, they, they, they said, excuse me, can we have some guidance on, how to speak in public, how to do this kind of thing, because the whole church is thrown into this at this moment. We're, we're finding ourselves having to fulfill tasks that we did not expect. And I'm currently producing the material for that seminar. Once Sandra's done hers, I will bring that to you and give you the date for that. But, Stephen, just three days ago, I began preparation on that seminar material. And do you know what my first, my first opening point is for that day? It, it's James. And James says this. Listen carefully. Not many of you should presume to be teachers. Presume. Not many of you should presume to be a teacher, my brothers and sisters. Because don't you know that those who teach will be judged more strictly? But I find in the world that people presume everything. So be very careful about that which is holy. It's holy in God's eyes, whether we realize that or not. In 2 Samuel, there's a cracking example of this with Uzzah. The Ark of the Covenant could only be handled by the Levites. Those who were chosen by God, appointed by God to that holy office. Only these men could pick up those stocks and carry that Ark. But Uzzah became highly presumptuous. Highly presumptuous. And even though he was close to David... And the ark was being moved and it hit a rock. And this man Uzzah, he thought there's no difference in me and everybody. I can do whatever I want. Presumption. And he reached out his hand to steady the ark. It's a good intention. I'm only trying to help. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm trying to help. That's not the point. Bang. Sin of presumption. Just like David said. The soul that sins presumptuously shall die. And so he did. He did. So Uzzah was struck dead right there on that spot. So as much as we do all prepare to teach and and to minister online in various ways, please do, everybody do. But I want you to understand to come under the authority of fivefold as well, because that's where your protection and guidance will lie and it will come from. Number four, presumption I see, not just in the Old Testament, but also in the New. By going to war without God being with me and this is where Moses uses this it's in Deuteronomy I'll, I'll, re- I'll read it to you you said we have sinned against the Lord you replied we will go up and fight as the Lord our God has commanded us then each of you put on his weapons of war thinking that it was easy to go up to the country but the Lord said to me tell them not to go up and fight because I am not with you You will be defeated by your enemies. So I spoke to you, but you wouldn't listen to me. You rebelled against the command of the Lord. And presumptuously, you went up into the hill country of the Amorites. And so you were defeated. And verse 46, for this reason, there was a long delay in that time. For this reason, the original motivation of you going to war. And by the way, what's going to war? Going to war is taking that job, that new job, without God's consent. It's marrying that person without God's consent. It's moving to this city. It's presuming upon the Lord. That's what going to war is. And in this situation, the children of Israel had presumptuously gone to battle and they were defeated. And now we have an old King David, like an old King Solomon, looking back and saying, Do you know what, guys? Don't be presumptuous. Don't be presumptuous. What, whenever you're going to go to war, take a job, get married, your career, your physical location, your city, where you're going to live, whenever you're going to do these decisions, please be sure to have the consent of God your Father. The fifth way in which we can be presumptuous is in relationships. I, we are busy at this moment in many countries. I won't go into detail because of confidentiality and also because I'm going to start crying. Um, I, I cannot believe the effect of lockdown in some marriages. We're losing marriages, friends. Pray. We're losing couples. Lost one this week. Lost another good couple that I've known for years, years and years. Lost a second one. I'm hoping I can get that back. And dealing with a third one. Um, many, The lockdown pressure is kicking in. And there's a lot of presumption in relationships. It's not with any joy I, I, I share this with you, but I've sat with many men who are overly confident. They're very confident in themselves. Overconfidence is a dangerous thing, you know that? Sat with guys who I know are badly behaved. Badly behaved. And I sit with them and I say, Look, if you keep going like this, see this woman, I don't know that I can hold her. You keep and you know, do you know what I see? Cocky confidence. Pastor Mike, you don't understand. She doesn't have any money, do you go? She can't pay the mortgage. She's got the kids. She can't divorce me. (laughs) Surprise. Surprise. And the one thing in many divorces that I've dealt with, do you know the common factor? Surprise. The thing that you presumed in relationships wouldn't happen. You did. The very thing. So, be very careful of being presumptuous about relationships. For me, it comes from overconfidence. The Bible says, have no confidence in the flesh. Amen? Sixthly, by presuming that God loves me because of my work, <laughs> because I'm so good, I'm so sanctified. I mean, look how sanctified I am, and look at you. Of course, God loves me more than you, right? You may laugh at this you know and it is quite funny but it's absolutely true god doesn't love you more because of your your behavior do you know there was the elder brother and the prodigal son do you remember that situation the prodigal son his behavior was terrible but you had the the uh the, the elder brother who felt He presumed that he should be loved more, right? He presumed that because of my behavior, my father will love me more. But the father had to put him straight on that. The elder brother was confused, presumptuously confused because I'm in church every Sunday. I pay my tithes. I do my ministry. Of course, God loves me more than this guy or this girl. No, sir. So the father had to take the prodigal aside and said, let me explain something to you. Love and rewards are two different things. I love everybody the same. I love this prodigal and I love you. Not because of your work, elder brother, and not because of his misdeeds. I am a God of love and I love you both the same. You will be rewarded, elder brother. You were rewarded. I gave you everything in this house. Remember? But don't think that your good behavior causes you to be loved by God. That's a presumption the elder brother made. And finally, and probably most importantly, do not be presumptuous about your very salvation. And Jesus himself makes this point. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, are going to go to heaven. They presume they are. Full of presumption. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father. Many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, we were presuming that, did we not prophesy? cast out But I will say to them, away from me. Do not be presumptuous even about your salvation. <clears throat> you know what the Apostle Paul said? I mean, is there anybody in in the New Testament like Paul? He's just fantastic. Do you know what the Apostle Paul said? He said this, after all he had done, not that I've already achieved this, not that I am confident in this in that way, not that I'm there yet. I'm not being presumptuous, but by the grace of God, I will go through and God will bring me home. Even Paul was not presumptuous in his salvation, but we can be, how ridiculous. How ridiculous truly is that? Jesus warns that many will be presumptuous even with their salvation. Do you know when Uzzah died, the experts in in biblical chronology, when Uzzah died, they say that David went away and it was at that time that Psalm 24 was written. He saw his friend die because he reached out and touched the ark. And David wrote these words, Who can ascend to the holy hill of God? Who? Look at this man just die, my friend just died. Who can ascend? And David said this, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, he who does not lift up his soul or his heart to idols. So who can ascend then? I'm asking you a question. Please answer it in your mind. Who can ascend? The person who has clean hands and a pure heart and does not lift up their soul to idols. Do you know who that is? No one. No, not one. You may think your hands are clean. You know, Pilate thought his hands were clean. Pilate was washing his hands and his heart was impure. You may think your hands are clean, but the book of Isaiah says, no, not one. So the answer to David's question, who can ascend the holy hill? Who shall arise? The answer is not one, except by the grace of Almighty God. Do you know, an amazing scripture in the book of Revelation, when it talks about who among us is worthy. Revelation chapter 5, then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. I think we're seeing the seals being opened at the moment. Sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept because no one was found worthy to open the scroll. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep see the lion of judah the root of david has triumphed and he is able to open the scroll in conclusion do not be presumptuous about many things about ministry about your lifespan about your wealth but above all this morning most importantly don't you dare be presumptuous about your salvation who shall ascend the holy hill Not me. I can only do that through Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross, through the sacrifice he made. I cannot be presumptuous in my salvation. Never mind anything else. So I ask each of you, even if you look back on your life today and you remember, see when I did that decision, that wasn't God. I always said it was God. But it wasn't God. And today, Father, I ask you to forgive me of sins of presumption in my steps in life, in my ministry, my career, my relationships, and above all, regarding my salvation. I will not presume upon you. Rather, I will throw myself like the Apostle Paul on the grace of God. Father, I pray this word to take root in the hearts of everyone here and all those who will listen in the future. Bless you, may the Lord bless you. May he put a light on this word in your heart and for your future and may he bring you victory in all of these areas. Jesus, we seek to obey you even all the more in these last days. So bless our church, bless our extended family around the world and particularly we pray for Armenia, and the blessing and safety and safekeeping of God around our brothers there at this terrible time for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, I'll just hand back to Pastor Tim.